thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Ayo, we are in our battle plan series. And I don't know about you, but I have been absolutely loving it. I feel like it's exactly what we've needed uh, in this time. And, and uh, we've reached the last part, part seven of the armor of God. And hopefully you've been following along um, through each part of the series. And if you have not, I encourage you to go back, um, check it out, um, because we've been talking about spiritual battles and how we arm and defend ourselves. It matters in spiritual battles. And we've been in Ephesians Chapter 6, verse 13. So uh, let's follow along. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. What's Paul talking about, right? He's talking about spiritual battles. Uh, Right before he says um, that our struggle, uh, right before he says this, he says that our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against the things unseen. Right? So he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And maybe some of you thought we were done right here, right? We talked about the sword of the Spirit last week, and you can look at this passage and you can think that that's the last part. But listen to this next verse. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. See, I noticed something while reading this passage, that prayer was not given some type of metaphor, right? like the rest of the armor. Like this last verse, prayer wasn't, wasn't, um, wasn't compared to, to a piece of armor like the belt of truth or the shield of faith, right? Because prayer listed here is something that we do while putting on the armor of God. Look at this. It says, take up the shield, take up the helmet, take the sword and pray. Not and then pray. See, prayer is a part of our process as we as we become ready to fight spiritual battles. So prayer is every bit as important to armor. In fact, it is essential to putting on the armor. And I know prayer can seem overwhelming to us, right? Especially if you didn't grow up in a Christian household. Like for some of you, you may freak out when someone asks you to pray out loud, like over dinner, right? So every prayer, it's just, um, you just kind of panic and you just kind of like, uh... Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, right? Like, but for others of you, maybe you secretly like being called out on prayer. I mean, and you're, maybe you're like, yeah, this is my time to shine. Somebody asked me to pray and I'll, I'll show everybody how holy I am and I'll go on for 10 minutes and I'm gonna use big words that I heard someone say because it sounds Christianese, so I'll use it, right? And no matter what camp you're in, I think all of us can feel convicted about our prayer life. I think each and every one of us can feel convicted about our prayer life. Maybe the only times you pray are when you're called out on it. And maybe it's only when a pastor closes a service or when a worship leader prays after a song that you enter into prayer. I'm not trying to guilt trip you, all right? Because I, I know there are many times I can be lacking in my own prayer life. 
But I do want you to see the privilege and the power of prayer that we have access to. We could do a whole series on this and and maybe one day we will, but for now, let's look at how we can understand prayer in this context. So here are three things that we're going to look at to help us get our minds around this passage. The need for prayer, the scope of prayer, and the way of prayer. If you're a note taker, you can write these down as we go. First of all, the, the need for prayer. I mean, of course, there, there are lots of reasons why we need prayer, but I think it's important that we understand prayer within the context of spiritual warfare. See, I believe Paul is saying here that we need prayer in order to stand against the devil. You see the command in, in verses 11 and 12. The command is to put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, we've talked a lot about this passage, right? We've talked about the various schemes and the strategies that Satan uses as he accuses us and tempts us and deceives us. And we've talked about the various pieces of armor and how they help us to stand against the devil. But the only way we can stand, even with armor, is if we stand through prayer. See, you're in the midst of enemies, right? We're at war, we're in a battle, and the only way we can stand is on our knees. The only way we can stand is through prayer. We talked about this passage last week in James 4, and it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. See, I think there's a reason those things are put together in that passage. See, as we submit ourselves to God, as we draw near to God in prayer, the devil flees. Prayer is the way we tap into God's protection, God's strength, God's power to resist and stand against the enemy. Samuel Chadwick said, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless study, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. If you find yourself failing often, if you find yourself getting tripped up by the enemy, if you find yourself losing more battles than you're winning, I can almost guarantee that at least one of the reasons is a deficiency in your prayer life. If you want to stand against the evil one, you need to pray. But we need prayer in in all of its dimensions. We need the weapon of all prayer. And that leads us to the second point, the scope of prayer. See, I just want to point out the alls in this passage. And maybe you noticed it as we read it, especially in verse 18, where Paul says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of, of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You see, praying in all occasions means that we're praying in good times and in bad times. It means that we're praying both in prosperity and adversity. It means we are praying when we are healthy and when we are sick. It means that we are not neglecting prayer at any point in our lives or in any season of our lives. 
and praying with all kinds of prayers and requests. This means we're praying with big things and we are praying for the small things. We're praying for wisdom in our life-changing decisions and we're praying for a parking spot at the mall during Christmas time. It means we're praying to avoid temptation and sin and we are praying to avoid gaining 20 pounds uh, during this, uh, this quarantine, right? See, praying for all the Lord's people means that we are actively praying for those fighting spiritual battles alongside us. We're praying for our pastors and our friends. We're praying for our leaders, our country, and this world. The scope of prayer is not narrow. It is broad. It's all-encompassing. See, I, I also believe that prayer should also be spontaneous and it should be scheduled. I've read that prayer in a relationship with God should be something like a conversation in marriage, right? Mac and I, my wife, we, we enjoy talking together. We find time to, uh, time to enjoy each other every day and spend time with each other every day. And, and I mean, right now we spend 24-7 together, right? But when we're not in a pandemic, we're, we're usually texting throughout the day, um, just occasional check-ins. But we also schedule dates, right? We have date nights. We have concentrated time alone with one another, time for conversation and, and, and enjoying each other's company. And I think our marriage, Mac and I's marriage would be lacking if we were missing any of those dimensions, right? If we didn't have daily checkups, if we didn't have the texting and phone calls and just the quick I love yous. See, th- those moments, with, without those, our marriage would not be as good as it is. If we didn't have the dates or the occasional trips and the times alone, it wouldn't be as good either. See, I think our relationship with the Lord is like that. With the Lord, you should be regularly throughout the day sending up just a thought to Him, just a prayer, just a request, just a moment. But you also have to have these scheduled alone times with God where on occasion you're seeking Him more intently. And that's praying with all kinds of prayer. See, I want to end this with talking about the way of prayer. See, God is a God of the heart. He sees through our outward appearance and looks at the heart. And I believe he does the same with our prayers. The way we pray matters. The way we pray matters. I mean, we know that there are wrong ways to pray, right? Like Jesus talked about that. Those who think they're going to be heard for their loud speaking or their vain repetition, right? Those who pray in order to be seen by others. Like, don't put your prayers all over Instagram and TikTok, right? For everybody to see all the time, just so you look good, okay? Like, don't do that. See, there's a way of prayer that is entirely self-reliant. Like the, the Pharisee in, in Luke chapter 18 who prayed with himself, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other men. <laughs> See, there, there are ways of praying that are religious, but not Christian. Let me say that again. There's ways that are praying that are religious, but not Christian. So what is a Christian way of prayer? What is the way of prayer that actually gets heard? What are the ways of prayer that will actually encourage us and motivate us in prayer? See, I think the way of prayer is, first of all, spiritual prayer. That is spirit-given, spirit-directed, spirit-empowered prayer. See, notice that Paul says in verse 18, and pray in the spirit. And what does Paul mean by that? See, I think he's saying that prayer is empowered by the Holy Spirit. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, 
we have access in one spirit to the Father. See, the Spirit is the one who gives us access to the presence of God. So we are to pray in the Spirit. In the book of Jude, it says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Listen, Christian, everything we do that pleases God must be done in the Spirit. Everything that we do that pleases God must be done in the Spirit. This is the great gift of the new covenant that God has made with us, the forgiveness of sins and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, right? He gives us a new heart. He puts his spirit within us to enable us to know him, to walk with God, to love God, to believe him, to trust him, to become more and more like his son. Everything in the Christian life that is good and that is honoring to God is done in the power of the Spirit. We are to live in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit. We are to bear fruit of the Spirit. We are to sing in the Spirit. We are in the Spirit to be united with one another, right? The the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace that Ephesians 4 talks of. See, all of our spiritual disciplines are spiritual disciplines. That means not only that they pertain to the spiritual life, but that they are spirit-enabled, spirit-empowered. So our prayer lives must be enabled by the Holy Spirit. If you ever can't find the words to pray, look at Romans 8, which tells us that the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Spirit is the one who fills our hearts and searches our hearts and enables us to bring our hearts before the Father. If you look at how Paul prays in his letters, he's often praying about the Holy Spirit and for the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 3, he's praying that the Ephesians will be strengthened in their inner beings by the Spirit so that Christ might dwell in their hearts by faith. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he tells us to be filled by the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives and we need to pray for the Spirit. Spiritual prayer, Spirit-directed prayer. Man, you've, you've heard me say that many times now, talking about praying in the Holy Spirit, but it's not just spiritual prayer either, but it's gospel prayer. Ooh, man, I love that word. Just gospel. Ooh, I love it. It just sounds good. Don't you agree? But what, what do I mean by gospel prayer? I mean a prayer that is on the basis of the gospel. We need to pray with prayer that is on the basis of the gospel, prayer that is empowered by the gospel, motivated by the gospel. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. See, when Jesus defeated death and paid for our sins, he gave us righteousness that we could not obtain without him. And that righteousness that covers us through Jesus has given us as Paul puts it in chapter 3, verse 12 of Ephesians, boldness and access with confidence to come to God. (laughs) Wow. There's boldness. Don't miss this. There's boldness. That means outspoken frankness. I mean, you know boldness when you see it, right? Have you ever met someone that's just bold? Like they're just outspoken, they're just frank, they're just like a what you see is what you get kind of person, right? They just tell it what's on their mind, they just call it as it is, they're not shy, they're not timid. And that's the idea here. 
It's that boldness in the presence of God, outspoken frankness in the presence of God. You're unveiling your heart in the presence of God. We have boldness, Paul says. But not only that, there's access. And that's a word that would describe the access that an inferior subject would have in the presence of a superior ruler or a king. I mean, now in our democratic society where everyone is equal in every sense of the word, um, we, don't, we don't think about uh, things in those ways most of the time. But we have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The God, the creator of the universe, the sovereign ruler of heaven and earth gives us access into his presence. That means through Christ and because of Christ because of the gospel, because of the blood of Christ that covers your sin, because of the spirit of Christ indwelling in your heart, that means that at any moment you could come right into the presence of God. And it's an amazing, amazing privilege. See, boldness and access and then confidence. It's not just that you have access, but it's also that you have confidence. And that word means a helpful confidence, an expectation of being heard. A hopeful confidence in an expectation of being heard. See, it means that you can come into the presence of God. You can speak your mind. You can come with boldness. You can come with frankness. You can be outspoken. You can have access, but you also have confidence that God will hear you, that God will listen, that his ear is bent towards you. And how do you get it? You get it through the gospel. You get it through the Lord Jesus Christ and only through him. So let me ask, let me ask you this. How is your prayer life? I mean, not only has God given you the full armor you need to fight spiritual battles, but he has given you every resource you need at the ready and all you have to do is ask. Not only should you make time to read God's word, But remember to make time to talk with God because prayer can make all the difference. Let's pray together. God, we come before you, Lord, and we we recognize the amazing access that we have to you and to your love, God. Lord, we come with boldness and confidence, Lord. Lord, we pray that we could We can remember to talk to you throughout our days, God, and that we can schedule time to talk to you, Lord. God, that you are a God of giving, Lord. You are a God of love and you are a God of grace. And you are a God of access, Lord. God, we thank you for the resources that you've given us. God, as we've gone through this series so far and as as we looked at the armor of God, Lord, I pray that we have the confidence to put on each piece of the armor, and God, that we would do it through prayer. God, that we would always remember you, the one who's given us this armor. God, may we be able to fight spiritual battles and may we be able to win. God, we we just lift this series up to you, Lord. We just thank you for the impact. God, we thank you for, we thank you for your kindness, God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray.